No, 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 no. We didn't. Let's get since you since we didn't bought this topic up. Jesse and his friend need to weigh in on it. Okay. Oh wait, wait. Jesse, Jesse, wait, wait, wait. Y'all went in the two. Y'all went in the two topics at once. I don't know if y'all went in on the fifty cent one. Y'all went in on Meg Stallion. Okay. Right now, I think we're in, in on 50 right now on back the fight that he said that black women are not exotic. Hold on, hold on. Hold on he, wait, 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 wait. Hold on <laughs> before anybody answer that. Jesse, pass it to your friend. I'm just telling you that now. I'm giving you a lifeline. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. He's saying, yeah. No, I wasn't talking about you. I see what you're talking about. I'm talking about him. He's talking about me. Excuse me. He wasn't talking about you. He wasn't talking about your fierce passion. Are we going to edit that out? This is weird. No, he looks nice, man. I like that. What's the dress you got on? I know the dress from Fierce Passion. What's that you got on? Um, This is a short set. I can't even remember the name of it. Um, But it's the yellow tank top short set. Shut up, Gary. For all you, you ladies that want to get that set, y'all make sure y'all go to ishopfp.com. Uh, got many fashions for you. So y'all make sure if y'all like what, what Tanya's wearing tonight, y'all make sure y'all go to ishopfp.com. Yep. Um, and speaking of uh, Fierce Fashions, they are one of our sponsors. So let's give a shout out to them. And Camera Eye Photography and Film and the Gooch Foundation. Thank you gooch, so much. Gooch, Gooch, Gooch. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay, guys, now we have um, two special guests. They've been kind of quiet over there, um, but we have Jesse and DeFrancis. So um, they own a landscaping company and they are really still going through the opening process. Um, so I thought that they would be the perfect guests because a lot of our viewers, you know, are going through that same process. I want to know, because I've witnessed firsthand um, when you guys first started last year, and I think uh, Jesse started by himself, I don't think DeFrance is with them, but you started last year and it was okay, you know, but this year it's just, it, it, it's amazing. Like the growth and everything is just, it kind of just blew me away. Um, and I want to know how you were able to do that because I know you didn't do the traditional social media marketing and things like that. So if you guys can, you know, give our viewers just a taste of what you did as far as growing without social media. Let's start off. Go ahead. <clears throat> uh, you want to know how we started off or how we grew so fast? Well, the question was how you grew without using social media, without using um, the traditional methods of today. Uh, word of mouth and just talking to, you know, talking to people and asking them to spread the word and actually just people seeing the work. 
Yeah, mad people actually stopped us, you know what I'm saying? Like, when we do somebody grabs like three or four people on the block, come down to us and ask us, you know, like, hey, we trying to get our grass cut too. So that kind of helped out the quality of work we did. That kind of helped out too, you know what I'm saying? And actually, and beating other people prices also. Yeah. Beating okay. other people prices and doing uh, more, more, uh, more than what they other landscapers was doing. Mm-hmm. When you say doing more, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, some people charge extra for like edging and, you know, just, they, they charge a little bit way more. We just was more reasonable with our prices. Yeah, so okay. price they'd be like, yeah, all right, we want, we want to tell you before y'all change our mind. <laughs> I, I have a question with about that, Jesse, because um, with me being in Florida, you know, we always got grass growing. And we have, yeah. we have a guy that's uh, in, in my neighborhood where I stay at, and he's kind of like got everybody in here on lock. Because right. I think he's kind of doing similar to what you guys did. He's undercut everybody. But by the time this man finishes up your yard, man, you look like you're in a competition with somebody. So I'm, I'm assuming you guys did something similar to that, just kind of like wreck the competition. And like you say, undercut the prices and mm-hmm. everybody go crazy. Yeah, see, like the, the first couple people actually that we started off with, they was actually kind of already had lower prices. So we had already had to come in and compete with them already. So right. had, there was people who we knew, so we already wanted to give them a good price anyway. But so we had to beat them prices. They wouldn't leave us if we started in the more, regardless of whether they know us or not. So we got to beat that price anyway, you know what I'm saying? And our they grass actually looked better when we had did it too. So that helped. Wow. Yeah, well, see, that, that's, that's the biggest thing right there. I was going to ask you, man, do you guys ever run into, like, any competition now that you guys are kind of, like, taking over the, the area? Do you have any other comp- landscaping companies trying to come in, to, you know, trying to come in in y- you guys' territory, or they pretty much know to stay away? We don't really have no problems like that. <laughs> you know, we just, we salute anybody that we see cutting grass, whether you landscaping or just the, you're a little kid doing it. We just... You know, we don't have no competition. We're not, we're not in it to compete with people. We just in it to do good work and just get paid for the good work. Only had is, is people boyfriend deciding to buy lawnmowers and do the. <laughs> <laughs> she had the boyfriend want to get a lawnmower. Well, I, pay I can do it myself. <laughs> Why I gotta pay him? Hey, I can do it myself. That, that sounds like you guys are speaking from experience. Do you want to touch on that? That's a little okay. bit? Hell yeah, yeah. We got fired by like yeah. two people like yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. Hey, I can I can honestly identify with what you guys do because I'm gonna be straight up. I have a lawnmower. I have everything in my shed to do the whole thing. But every time I walk out there and I see the grass looking like the damn forest, and I'm like, man, hell with this. I, I picking up the phone. Alfonso, hey man, come through. I'm yeah. not doing it. It's too damn hot in Florida. That's another reason why I'm not doing it. <laughs> But it, but Suave, if you had a girlfriend and they were over there, would you then get that equipment out and start doing it yourself? Hell no, Hell yeah. I'm being the house with my girlfriend, yeah. watching TV. Nah, Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm at I'm at work all day, and you got two people cutting the grass. And, I'm and serious. You, yeah, you getting it cut on a weekly basis? Hell no, I got. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god. You pretty much be getting. Yeah, you know, That's sometimes funny. people don't feel like, you know, cutting their own grass, but when they t- see two uh, people, they think we all young, but they see two young guys out there <laughs> doing their yard, it kind of like, 
it's their ego, I guess, and it makes yeah. them like, yeah. I'll go ahead and do it instead of you having them. And another thing that we run across is that a lot of women talk instead of their boyfriends or husbands. Like, mm -hmm. we come over to, to give them estimates and stuff. The women be out talking to us instead of the men in the house. And I think mm. that's who their egos also, because we had one guy who pulled up and saw us doing his yard. He stared at us for a while. And just pulled off. He drove off. <laughs> he just drove out. <laughs> like, oh, that's funny. Wow. I actually don't understand that part because, like I said, when when I get my yard cut, I mean, I my neighbor who's who consistently makes me look bad because he stays on the um, corner like I do. So our yard stand out. And I mean, this man, he has his yard looking like it was done at the presidential White House. I mean, it's really nice. So wow. you know, he's always talking noise to me. Hey, we need me to do your yard? And I'm like, no, nah, I got them too. I got those guys over there. So I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on, guys. So what what made you guys, uh, just two more questions. How did you guys start up? What what, what got you guys started? You want to start with them? Well, we, we kind of was already, you know, me and Jesse been friends for years. So we kind of always, he always talk about moving and not want to stay working for nobody. And me pretty much, I pretty much had the mind frame of uh, just working real hard and making, just making, just being comfortable with having the money that I was having. And then, you know, I started thinking like, why am I working so hard for, the, for these people? And yeah. start talking to each other. And he he work on he he do work inside the house. So he was talking. We was trying to figure out what type of business we can do to kind of like uh, you know bring you know be able to like quit quit our jobs and you know to do something new. And so we both do land. We do, both did landscaping. We both had houses. We both had lawnmowers. We both was good at what we was doing. So we kind of just said, let's do this together. So he took his his people that he had. And I took my people that I had, and we kind of just came together. What's up? And we just put our which one mini is about three. <laughs> it was <laughs> it, it was real. It was real. Both people. Like, yeah. like, how many? How, how many is it now, though? Shit, I don't know. Almost over over twenty five. Oh, probably about thirty something. Yeah. Y'all have like thirty people. That's yeah. amazing. So, so, so let me ask. So let me ask a question. Did, did you guys quit, or y'all still working full time? No, we still like, working. I mean, I, 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 I haven't been at work. He haven't been at work. <laughs> I was on the No, I, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, because actually, last year, we didn't have none of the equipment that we got now. Like, we didn't upgrade all our equipment at this point in time. So, okay. Uh, that we may kind of go back into the business, kind of. We, as a matter of fact, we had did a thing where we were just kind of just putting the money we made back into the business. Because when we first started out, we just had two push line boards. Shit, we had throwing people yard. Swear they're like an acre big. We have there were two push line boards looking dumb. Yeah. How did y'all decide who would do what on what when, when y'all had just the two long mowers going? How did y'all decide to break the yard up? Y'all like take half and half or? Oh no. Uh, I me I I got a habit of uh, using a lot of string when I weed with that. So we was going through a lot of string. So I told Jesse like, man, you know. <laughs> He like, I'm just gonna do the weed whack. You uh you cut and stuff like that. And that's what we started doing it like that. That's how we was um we was breaking it off. And then you know, if I'm still cutting or he's still weed whacking or whatever, we just help each other out like that. But he'll normally start off weed whacking. He 
He say he got the hand of God. That's what he called his wee whacking hand. Yeah, the hand I, of God. I take pride. Wow. In, I take pride in keeping. I take pride in keeping certain lines in people people yard, and I also take making sure that they have no debris on their sidewalks and stuff like That's that. That's awesome. So you're going an extra mile. I love that. Um, what's yeah. the number one tip that you would give? Um, some of our viewers, you know, imagine, you know, uh, someone that's wanting to start a business, working a full-time job, and, you know, they're scared. You know, they're like, what if it doesn't work? What if I can't do it? Um, what's, what what tip would you guys give them? Just got to do it, man. You shit, I don't, I don't know the exact device, the exact device to give, but it's, it's going to be hard, you know what I'm saying? Shit, it's going to, you're going to want to quit in the beginning, but you know what I'm saying? You just got to try to get through it. I mean, it is tough that first year. When we're doing it, man, it I didn't want to quit or nothing, but shit, it was rough. It was like three customers, and we was out there just on random Wednesday cutting one, loading up the equipment to load, go do cut one grass. You know what I'm saying? Shit's ridiculous. Yeah. But now, you know, I never, I never had a quitting mentality in me. But it's the people who do have the uh, quitting mentality in you. All I can do is just try to say, have faith and just pray about it. You know, you got to keep God close and. And think what you want to, you know, nothing's going to come easy at all. If you look at Absolutely. the Bible, nothing came easy for none of the people who had success. And that's even to now, like nothing comes easy. And if it do come easy, then you know it's not right. So you can't quit. You can't give up. You got to have something you focus on, have something you're passionate about. That's that's the reason why, another reason why I started landscaping, because this was the only thing that I really was passionate about, because I went to barber school. I did a lot of stuff. And... I didn't have no passion in none of it. Even I, I would just focus on the money, and then yeah. focus on the money, just being focused on you know my 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 pride and my work. You know, so that's when the money starts to come. But yeah. it's easy though. I, I, it didn't come easy at all. You guys, that makes uh, a lot of sense. I keep he, he, he on here. He on here preaching. Yeah. I'm not the holiest person, but I do know that faith. Without work is dead. So yeah, yeah, man, you better say that for the people in the back. You know what yeah, I'm it, ain't, you know what I'm it ain't. It ain't gonna come. You gotta stay focused. Yeah, most definitely. That's very true. Um, thank you so much, guys. And I know you guys are gonna hang out for the rest of the show. Um, so we're gonna move right into the next topic. <laughs> you you making us hang out. <laughs> I mean, unless you guys don't want to, but how can we do this? You guys are staying. Um, okay, so we're going to jump right into celebrity gossip, okay? Um, so we're going to talk about a, a few things. Um, Tamar Braxton, um, I'm not sure if you guys heard about that, but um, it was a recent suicide attempt. Then we're going to talk about Meg Thee Stallion. We may touch a little bit about the entanglement topic. I'm not sure yet. Um, if we have time, but I want to go right into Tamar Braxton. Um, have you guys heard about that? Any of you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So know. she tried. Looks like, and you guys know the backstory. She's um Tony Braxton's sister. They were on um the Braxton Family Values on that show. She was the loud, outspoken one. Um, and in some ways, I guess some people called her quote unquote the villain of the show. But I never looked at her like that. I thought she was always funny, lots of personality. Um, but that's just the backstory because it, it connects with this. So on July 17th, um, she attempted to take her life. It looks like at 10 p.m. on Thursday, someone called. Um, and later it found out it was her um, her boyfriend. 
um, and said that she intended to take her life at the Ritz-Carlton in downtown LA. EMTs arrived and found Tamar unconscious. The boyfriend, David, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, forgive me, um, Edifezo told cops uh, she may have overdosed on pills and alcohol. So, you know, they rushed her to the hospital, news breaks, you know, Tamar Braxton tries to commit suicide. So a lot of people were asking, you know, why? Um, so on the 911 call, which is actually out there now as of today, um, her boyfriend explained that Tamar had been having trouble with WeTV. She left a note, um, uh, she left a note, and I think that we had that note. I'm sorry, did, um, can someone pull up, pull that note up and read that statement? Oh, here we go. I am a slave. I do not own my life, my stories, my pictures, my thoughts or beliefs. I've asked my master to, <laughs> I've asked, sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I've asked my master to free me. I'm threatened and punished for it. The only way I see out is death. I will choose that before I continue to love like this. Please help me. Um, so she tweeted that and it was going to be a tweet out to the public, but instead she sent it to a few of family members. She, and, and then that's when the, um, I guess she started the pills and alcohol. So now just to give you guys a little more of the backstory, she has a new show coming out on WeTV, okay? This is the same day that she attempted to take her life. It's, the show is called Get Your Life. And you know, she says that all the time. So the trailer came out, it released Thursday, the day that she attempted this. Um, and she was seen arguing with producers about being portrayed as an angry black woman. So like I said in the beginning, before I started this, that's kind of how she was on the Braxton Family Value. She was just, you know, a loud mouth and, you know, kind of angry. Go ahead, Garrett. So is it about her new show or is it about Braxton Family Values? So this is about, that's what I'm getting to. So this, this trailer came out that she watched. Um, she saw that trailer and that's when her boyfriend said she started to feel, you know, down. She was angry. Um, it goes back to that suicide note that she just, you know, she, she feels stuck. She can't get out. So she saw that and then that's when, um, you know, the, the suicide attempt happened. So, and I'm sure it was more than that. I'm sure she didn't just see that show, but I look at it as if you, you know, if you, if you try your best to make a way and, and change things, you know, go from a, a negative to a positive and people are still pulling you back somewhere where you have left, that, that's hard on a person. Um, her, her boyfriend also said that she was taking antidepressants and um, anxiety pills with the liquor or with the alcohol that she, that she was taking. So she already had anxiety. She was already depressed. You know, you mix that in with somebody trying to draw you back to your past. I mean, it, I'm sure it was just a lot on her. Nobody you know, really knows the reason, but putting, you know, together that tweet, what her boyfriend said, what her family has said, um, you know, that's what I got from it. Now, just one step further. So I think you did really good with giving us that background or whatever. However, TMZ, TMZ did a little bit better. They said <laughs> that. <laughs> Go ahead. The, re the reason that she was trying to kill herself or um, attempted suicide was the fact that WeTV was using um, childhood trauma, so her alleged assaults and rape to boost the uh, ratings for Braxton Family Values. Yes, I did see that. That did happen on Braxton Family Values, but I think that this was like the the kind of the the what do you call that? The straw that broke the camel's back, or whatever they say. That I think that's what this was. Now that did happen. 
they brought up something that she had never told her mother, her family, they, she never even mentioned this. And she was molested from the age of six to 16. And they actually brought this out. Um, so I think it was that, and then you have this, and it was just, you know, and that, from what I hear, it truly broke her down um, after yeah, they came out with that information. I mean, she's a good, I mean, I've watched, you know, Tamar for years, and she was always funny, but I'm wishing her and her family the best. I hope she does get better. Yeah, Let hopefully, you know, WeTV can kind of look at this like, okay, maybe we need to change things a little bit. Um, okay, so next we're talking about Meg The Stallion. So she's a new up-and-coming rapper. Um, you know, she's had plenty of hits. Uh, so something happened to her on July 11th. Well, actually, it was July 12th is when it incident happened. But on July 11th, um, Meg The Stallion, Tory Lanez, and Kylie Jenner, they were all at um, Kylie's house at a pool party having fun. They went live on Instagram or Facebook. I think it was Instagram. Um, and so then... Fast forward, you know, to the 12th at 4.30 in the morning, it was announced that Tory Lanez was arrested for a felony count of carrying a concealed weapon in a vehicle, um, and Meg was listed as the victim. So it looks like it, they found four shell casings that were recovered from the scene. Um, they found out that Meg was hit twice in the foot. Now, at first- You shot my pinky too. You shot my pinky <laughs> No, that is, look, that's the first thing that I thought about. <laughs> yeah, well, he definitely did. Um, but uh, Meg, when the police first arrived, she said it was glass that cut her feet, uh, her foot. So yeah, she wasn't as transparent as at first, but then, you know, they had to take the bullets out. They found the shell casing. So um, they confirmed that it was um, an actual gunshot. So... It looks like witnesses are not cooperating. Um, her best friend was there. I think her name is Kaylee Cox. I think it's Kaylee. Um, she was also there. There, no, nobody who was there is cooperating with the police. I guess they don't want to, you know, snitch or you know, however that goes. They don't, they don't want to do get shot in the foot. <laughs> exactly. They don't want to do that. So nobody is really saying anything. But police have now recovered a cell phone video that may show kind of the whole scene. So they can find that that they don't need a witness statement or anything because obviously they'll press charges themselves. Um, now, Meg is, put what, out a like. What did she say? That's what I was gonna ask you. What, what did she say? Did she put out a statement or anything? She did put out a statement. Let me pull this up really quick. One second. Well, that whole situation is. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. You guys heard about that, Jesse? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy, and it's. Yeah, man, but Tory, but you know, Tory Lanez is always known to be kind of on the wild side. You know, he he really doesn't care about what too many people say about him or uh, their opinions. It doesn't matter to Tory. So when I heard so the news get, that he had shot shot her in the pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me guys, ask so I had, the, what, were they I dating? Heard, no, word has it. Um, what he say? <laughs> he only like five three. She like six. Oh yes. shit! I was just yes. yes. about to ask, like, how does that work? He is five he three. He is. Five, you know, three, I was thinking like twenty or something like that. Hey, yes, that that is the exact measurements actually. And I'm like, if I was, if it was that type of dynamic, it's no way. Okay, so it looks like her statement um, right after this. It was um, quote unquote. The narrative that is being reported about Sunday morning's events are inaccurate, and I'd like to set the record straight. 
On Sunday morning, I suffered gunshot wounds as a result of a crime that was committed against me and done with the intention to physically hurt, harm me. I was never arrested. The police officers drove me to the hospital where I underwent surgery to remove the bullets. I am incredibly grateful to be alive and that I'm expected to make a full recovery. But, it's, but it was important for me to clarify the details about this traumatic night. I am currently focused on my recovery so I can return back to my life and back to making music as soon as possible. So it looks like she's recovering, but you know 50 Cent always has something to say, just like we talked about before. So he put out this little meme um, and it was, it was, you know, making fun of things. And I, I think, I gotta look back, but I think it was about the size difference or something like that, like they was running or something. So anyway, like it was, you know, it was 50 Cent being 50 Cent. And then she put out another statement. She put, black women are so unprotected and we hold so many things in to protect the feelings of others without considering our own. It might be funny to y'all on the internet and just another messy topic for you to talk about, but this is my, but this is my real life and I'm really hurt and traumatized. So that was um, in a response to 50 cents, but he always has something to say you know, and like this is a serious topic, and there he is making fun of, of course, a black woman. Why do you feel like you got to be on your soapbox every time that Fifty Cent got something to say? Of course, he got something to say about all the black women again. All he did was make a joke. We made the same damn joke. She this tall and he this tall. How does that work? Yes, but you know, if he would have just said that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said anything. But because of last week's show, how he was talking about black women aren't exotic and we're not enough and things like that, then you know what? I Forget 50 Cent. You know what? I wish I had one of those air horns where I could just... Hey, hey. You gotta look at everybody. Everybody has their, 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 their thing. 50 has been known to do this since his rap career went yeah. down. That's what he does. That's what he does to keep relevant. And yeah. that's true, but I just think it's a bigger narrative when it comes to things like that and like, just like you guys, you guys laughed about it and things like that. And I know we're all friends, but I mean, in a lot of ways, these situations happen. And in some ways, Black women aren't protected by the Black man. But that's a whole nother topic that we are I'm not about to say, to that's, a we, that's a different, that's a different rabbit hole that we can go down yeah, on the next time, because I disagree with that. But just like he said that, and what was, what were people doing? They laughed about it. Like when he said that about the whole exotic thing. And we are black women. We're looking like, well, damn, like we're not no, exotic. No, no, we didn't laugh about it. We laughed about the video, Tanya. You just get so passionate about it that you don't want to hear nothing else. I ain't gonna lie, I laughed about it. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna sit up and laugh my ass off. I was laughing. <laughs> but hey, you know, whatever. Dang, you ain't helping the situation, dog. <laughs> But see, I knew yeah, he was I, But see, I, I told y'all, I explained it last last video. I said he was talking about the mentality. He wasn't necessarily yeah. talking about the women and the way they look more so than the mentality. Like we were talking about Shaquisha and all of that stuff. Hey, you know, some guys. Don't James, look. did he or did he not say, why are we going down this again? But did he or did he not say, <laughs> those are not like the women that you see in the neighborhood all the time? You know, like this, this is exotic. This is da 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 da. Like, he said that. What do you mean he didn't mean it like that? Well, I mean, but your neighborhood sometimes dictates your mentality. You can't deny that. 
Okay, anyway, he said that it was uh, it was him and Lil Wayne, they joking about things, they making jokes and things like that. And he's like, you know, he starts talking about like, um, uh, this affect the black women, how they may get an attitude if he's dating outside his race, which I'm totally against. Like, you know, it's not against that. I'm totally for you love who you love. But he was saying it like, you know, a black woman may come up to him and say, you know, like, what did, where did you get that from? Or why are you dating that person? And then he would say something like, what do you mean? Like, she's excited. You don't like that? Like, this is a lot different from the women that we see in the neighborhood, the black women that we see in the neighborhood. Maybe and so a lot of, a lot of, you know, black women took that as like, like, what do you mean? Like, you know, we're not enough. We're not exotic, you know? And it just, I think it goes deeper into that because I know it was a joke and you could have laughed at it, but I don't think a lot of black women laughed at that because I think we face it so much. I think he want to get a word in. Go ahead. Say, maybe that's just his preference. You know, I know a lot of people who love black women. Y'all can interview another landscaper uh, that I know he loves black women. So, I think everybody on here is, loves black women. Yeah. He probably said something ignorant at the time, and you know, but she just didn't call him. Maybe that's his presence, but I mean, he just one person, and whoever else feel like I'm telling you, there's tons of other men white men, black men, Arab men who love black women, and y'all that's do, true. Y'all are protected, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. you know, except if Tory Lane's around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, because we're getting off the topic. Gary, we're going to talk about um, Nick Cannon, something happened with him and the Jewish community. Okay. Uh, so, of course, we all know. So, well, first, let me make sure that I, I give this uh, disclaimer. So, these are not the views of talking with Tanya. Uh, these will be. <laughs> I want to. I want to make sure that I put that disclaimer. None of this is. And that uh, mm-hmm. these quotes and this that is I will all be saying, You gonna let me talk, or you gonna keep on talking? <laughs> go ahead. I got feedback about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm quiet. So, um, but of course, we all know that Nick Cannon just recently got fired from um, from Viacom CB, CBS um, for a recent. Well, they said it was recent, so that's something that we're gonna talk about. So the podcast that is in question for the reason why he got fired from Viacom um, CBS was from January. So in January, he had um, Professor Griff from the um, Public Enemy Group. So everybody, of course, knows Professor Griff, um, controversial hip hop um, artist, of course, um, come on to his podcast. And this was in January. And his podcast is called Tennis Class. And um, they were discussing some things that people felt were anti-Semitic. So, you know, I'm just gonna put it out there. I didn't know what anti-Semitic was, so I did a little bit of research. Um, so anti-Semitic basically is defined as hostility towards or prejudice against Jews. Um, and what I found ironic about this was in the interview, they were talking about um, basically the golden age of hip hop and Professor Griff, he goes down a path to talk about how um, Public Enemy actually came about. And so then he also talks about the role of each person in Public Enemy and what they did. And so I did a little bit of research and I wanted to know why they thought Professor Griff was controversial and why he got put out of um, Public Enemy. So he got put out of Public Enemy for anti-Semitic quotes. So back in 1989, 
um, New York Times actually did an article on this. So apparently, Professor Griff had given some comments to the Washington Post at that time and said that, and I'm just going to read the quote, Jews were wicked and he could prove this. And he also said that the majority of wickedness that goes on across the globe was related to Jews. Um, so, of course, at that time, the record label that they were with was Def Jam. Um, they dismissed Professor Griff because of these type of comments. Now, what's ironic about this interview is that Nick Cannon is talking to him about the comments that he made. So in the mm -hmm. comments that he made, um, Nick Cannon basically, he says that um, he doesn't really dispute the comments that were made by Griff. He doesn't really feel that they were anti-Semitic. And the reason that he says this, he says, and this is a quote from Nick Cannon, you can't be anti-Semitic when in fact, this is our birthright. So basically, you know, he says that, you know, we are the children of Israel and we are defining, we are defining who the Jewish people are. And if we can understand that construct, then we can see there is no hate involved. So basically he's saying that we are the children of Israel. So he's feeling like there's nothing wrong with what Professor Griff said. Now, my question is, this was done in January. So why is it being brought up now? Is it being brought up now because of the, the times that we're living in right now, you know, with Black Lives Matter and controversy with racial issues and things like that? Um, because also, when it was first brought up, Nick Cannon didn't really, he wasn't in apologetic kind of like mood about it. And I'm going to read you a quote that he said, Cannon went to Twitter and he said, Viacom's goal is to keep me from providing for my family and lineage will be foiled. That the company mm -hmm. was trying to kick me while I'm down or force me to kiss the master's feet in public. And it was trying to hang me out to dry and make an example of anyone who says something they don't agree with. So that was his first initial response to this. So then okay. he later comes back. And of course, we all know he sent out an apology and things like that. So my question also was, well, if you believed in what you first said, then why, why the apology now? And in well, this article, it. right. So in this article from the Washington Post, they were saying that he feels that oftentimes he has to watch what he says or he can't be who he truly wants to be because of the platform that he's on. So he can't be, um, you know, on the mass Singer or on this platform or can't truly say how he wants, what he wants to say because of the possibility that he might get blackballed and not be able to work anymore, which yeah. is kind of evidence of this. So it kind of like he's teeter-tottering between whether or not he wants to explore this topic or if he wants to make sure he still keeps getting that check. And it's crazy that you can't live in your truth. You have to choose between living in your truth and making a, a, a living. For the most part, people, a lot of people say that they speak their mind, they real and stuff like that. But when you in the public, you can't, you can't speak your mind. You can't be real. You can't, you can't be because you got more than just your views is not the same views everybody see or listens to or know. You know what I'm right. saying? You may believe something, but it's a ton of people out there that support you and to support the other businesses that you do that don't believe in what you're saying. It's good when you laugh and, and you know what I'm saying, and entertaining them, but when you speak in your mind, speak in your heart, you know what I'm saying, you mm -hmm. get 
you're going to get them thorns thrown at you. So what he said may be right or may be wrong. I don't know. But the issue right. I... The only issue I have with that, you, you classifying a group of people, just grouping them in as one, like same shit that they say, you know, that they do to black people, say they all like this, they all, you, you really can't, you really can't do that. So that's the problem that I have with the state. You can't say all Jewish people are trying to do this, that, you know what I'm saying? You you can't classify one uh, race of people and say all this way, you know what I'm saying? So that's the only thing that I... That's a good point that you brought up because I was, when I heard it, I was thinking like, well, let me switch this to, you know, say if this was a white man and say something like this, but he didn't intend to offend black people. But in my mind, as a black woman, I wouldn't care what his intent was. Like he said these things, I would want him to face, um, I would want him to be punished for it. I would want him to, you know, lose his job or whatever, you know, whatever would have happened because he said those things. So... I think that's true. I mean, we can't we can't put out something and then act a different towards another race. Well, let me ask you a question. You say you want him to lose. Like if somebody say something, let's just say we grew up how we grew up. We black. We grew up in the hood and stuff, and we believe in probably spanking our kids or whooping our kids or whatever. And then it's a it's the society believing you shouldn't hit your kids and stuff like that. So you on camera, discipline your child, but you love your child with all your heart. Mm -hmm. If see you doing that, are you going to apologize for, for chastising your uh, child in public? No, I wouldn't apologize for, for that because that's something that, that I believe in. That's what I grew up on. If I feel like that's right, if I feel like that's helping, if that's how I want to raise my child, I'm not going to apologize to the public, but what I will do is yeah. educate myself for on why the public may feel like this. I would right. have to question myself and say, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Why is why am I facing this backlash? Let me educate myself and see if I need to change something. That's what I would do, but. You shouldn't lose your job or nothing like that if it's just something, uh, if it's, you know, in order to learn, you're not supposed to know. So maybe Nick Cannon didn't have all the, you know, the right information on what he was talking about. So he should at least had another, he should have had a Jewish person there to interview him instead of talking. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, like he's doing now. Yeah. Yes, now, he is. If he had we have more about that subject here, more about the no. interview that's coming out? No, because they just did the interview while we're doing this. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but I do agree with that though. I think that if he had representation from that community, he yeah. would probably have a have a better buy-in from them. And then plus, here's my thing. Why would you even open up Pandora's box with the controversial, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. figure like this talking about this without having some type of, you know, representation there to make sure yeah. that it, it didn't go this way. But however, you know, that was in January. So why why now are we bringing it up now? You know what I'm saying? Why now? Right. Coming to an end or something like that. Or maybe, you know, maybe he started ruffling a little bit more uh, feathers, like closer, like trying to get his masters, get on his Yeah. Property. It could be anything, man. We yeah. No. But all I know is. That is true. You never know. Well, I don't Hollywood. his job and stuff like that. I just really think like. He should apologize for not for not having more uh, information about. Knowledge. He should at least tell should have told everybody like you know next time I interview someone from the Jewish community to help right. me 
and have an understanding and maybe all this will never happen. But you know what I'm saying? And that is true. And when I said I, he should lose his job, I'm speaking, I guess maybe I shouldn't have compared the two because I think that when that happens amongst the African-American race, like it's happened so much to where I feel like those who have lost their jobs and radio and things like that, where they've said stuff like, you know, called us monkeys and things like that. Like they've kind of catered to the stereotype of black people. In those situations, yes, I feel like they should have faced the consequences because they did know. But going off of what you're saying, if they are not knowledgeable of that, I guess, and he didn't, I guess he didn't call him any names. This is something that he just believed, then that's different. It should have, he should have apologized and he should have educated himself on it. I got, I got to look at the interview before I can really speak a lot because I may not know what I'm talking about right now because I haven't seen it, but I'm going to go look at it now. Now, you know, now that, now that y'all are talking about it. I'm not talking about it. I didn't see the interview though. But it's a, it's a, you know, I just don't right. think, I just don't think, you know, it, it, it take a lot for for me to say somebody need to do this or you really have to do something physical for me to say something need that really happened to you before me just say you need to lose your job or you know what I'm saying? I, I, want, I want to see if I can change your mind or you can learn before you lose your job. Now, if you're just unwilling to learn it, don't want to hear nothing about it, then okay, all right, you got to get the hell on. Uh, okay, so quick question. Just... Uh... It's one of many scenarios, but there was, um, you guys know the, I can't remember the lady's name, but she's on Fox News, and this was when um, LeBron had said something about a current issue that happened, and I think it was in politics, and the reporter said, just shut up and dribble. Mm -hmm. So this was like um, something that went around, you know, do you think in that situation, and I can't remember, I, th I think, I don't think she lost her job, but she ended up saying something else. But in that situation, do you feel like she should have lost her job? I mean, I, I know what she's talking about. You're talking about the Fox News host, the one yeah. that, you know, maybe not lost her job, but I think she should have been reprimanded by her job. Yeah, Because yeah. then, you know, because at that particular point, she's representing her job and their views and opinions. And, right. So, so fast forward some years. It was the same situation. Um, what is the guy's name? Can I, say, just... uh, can I say one thing about that before you move on to that? I just sure. want to say kind of a little bit different because it ain't like she said, hey, all black people shut up and dribble. You yeah. know? Right. It's kind of a little bit different. It's just a little bit. She, I'm, right? not, I'm, not, hey, I'm not taking up for it. Don't get me wrong because I don't like that. Like, no, she, no, no, no. she probably ain't like LeBron or something. But no, I, I know what you're saying. She, but just, but she, she came back and stood yeah. up for. Uh, What's the, uh, That's what I was getting at. The guy. Yeah, he gave all, his all in all, opinion, she, and it was yeah. the same situation. And she's like, he has, you know, every right to speak about whatever yeah. he was speaking yeah, about. So it's like. I mean, I'm just right, talking yeah. like it is. She's a hypocrite. Drew Brees is yeah, white. Yeah. Well, is black. They're both Africans. And right. you can clearly see where her mind we was. But, but she know. didn't come out explicitly say it. So it's yeah. kind of, that's the only thing. But we know what's up. We know what that means when she do that. Yeah, but it's kind of yeah. She didn't tell a whole race of people to kind of just fall. Right, I get it. That's why I feel it. Like I say, that lady. We know what's up. We know what she basically saying. Though. Right. 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 Okay, guys, we're gonna go to the last topic. Um, James, I think you had an interview that Trump did on Fox, or was it Fox? Yeah, it was on Fox. 
<laughs> you know, I, everybody knows I'm not a fan of Trump. Y'all's president. Yeah, but, you know, we was talking last time about a lot of supporters that he's losing. Now, when you done lost, you got the Bushes coming against you. Now you got Fox News, who is nothing but the Republican channel, making you look stupid on national TV. He had an interview on Fox with um, Chris Wallace, who's one of the Fox anchors. And basically, yeah. he just asked Trump a lot of questions dealing with the economy, the coronavirus, um, what he's doing in the polls. And he kept fact-checking Trump on everything Trump said. And Trump, you know, he got really upset to the point, you know, and some of the quote, one of the quotes he said was about the Confederate flag. This is the one that I that I I had, you know, issues with because mm -hmm. I'm like, if you can't see that this man is a racist by now, I don't know what else. All right. Basically, Trump said that when he asked him about it being a similar race, uh, racism and white supremacy, and Trump says that depends on who you're talking about. And then okay. he goes back to say he responded that when people are proudly had their confederate flags they were talking they wasn't talking about racism they just love the flag and to represent the south they just love the south and freedom of speech that's the thing so this is my thing you the united states president you're 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 glorifying the the, the same damn people that fought against the united states <laughs> that's it. yeah because we didn't vote for president we voted for a reality star basically which is what we what he did. Is. And, you know, and then even with the CDC, and people don't realize what the whole CDC thing is, the reason why. What happened with that, um, James? All right, didn't well, even what Trump mandated was instead of the hospitals that were reporting all of their um, coronavirus findings to the CDC, they started reporting. He bypassed them to report to the DOH, Department of, of um, Health. Now, the reason why Trump did that, because he wants to control the narrative of how it comes out so far as the testing. Because, you know, many times he's been saying we shouldn't test so much. We should roll mm -hmm. back on the testing. They're doing this to try to hurt my presidency. They're doing this to try to hurt my campaigns, the far left and the, and the Democrats. That's been his whole spiel. So now he's railroading the CDC because of the numbers they're reporting. But he's saying that, that they're, he's doing that because they're not reporting fast enough. So now so he's now health. having them report to the Department of Health. So mm -hmm. will he have more control over mm -hmm. how well, the But the CDC how? the CDC lays out the guidelines for what we can do so far as the schools for reopening yeah. and everything that comes from the CDC. So if the CDC says, Hey, you guys are not gonna be able to open unless you're up under these guidelines. Well, as a DOH, he's still over that. Trump can make those rules. Got it. So that's Got it. Wow. So, and you know, he's been really focused on this these school openings too. Like, it's I'm I'm kind of nervous on what what's gonna happen during that time. All all this is is a narrative because Trump doesn't want to do. He he feels like if people you know, if he wants to get he really wants to open up the country to get people to go out to the polls. The reason why? Because in the voting polls in the in the predominantly black um, districts where they're gonna vote. <clears throat> have long lines, people waiting, a lot of voting disparity. People are not going to vote. People are going to leave. But if you do a mail-in ballot, he has a he has a chance of losing that easily because you can't control that as easy when people are mailing in their ballots. So that's yeah. why you want to get everybody back out. So I mean, Ooh, well, we'll we'll see. I can't imagine with everything that has happened this year that anybody is going to let a a long line. Or hail, sleet, or snow 
stop them from yeah, going. I'll, 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 I'll take a camping bag and sleep out just to make sure his ass don't if get you, ab Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So last week, if you guys remember, I did the Duns number and the importance of that. So I'm just going to kind of um, keep with that same category, and we're going to talk, talk about establishing business credit. Um, the Duns number is definitely a part of that. You want to get your Duns number. Some other things is making sure you have a business phone number and bank account. With that bank account, you want to make sure that you're actually paying your business uh, bills with that account. Um, you also want to look into a net 30 account. And a net 30 account, they are accounts that vendors, um, they give you 30, 60, or 90 days to pay the vendor back. So this is excellent for startup businesses because if you need, um, I remember when I was first starting Fierce Passions and I needed um, the shipping rules um, under your Dunn's number. So that is a part of establishing your business credit. Um, you want to make sure you have an EIN. I'm sure you guys have heard of that, but in case you haven't, it's your federal tax identification number. Without that, you don't exist. Um, you also want to open your LLC. Now, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not to that part yet. You want to open up a business credit card and you want to open up a business credit card with the credit card companies that report to the major agencies for business. And those three agencies are Dunn, um, Dunn and Bradstreet, Equifax, and Experian. Um, you want to get incorporated, get your LLC. So with an LLC, you want to get that because it, um, it separates you from your business. So it separates, you know, your, your personal assets from that of your business. So that's really important because if you don't have that, they're going to, when you apply for credit and things like that, they're going to go off your social security number. When you owe money back, they're not going to be able to just go after your business. They're going to be able to go after you personally, not just the business. So that's very, very important. Um, and if you choose not to do this and say you become a sole uh, proprietor, then your business and personal credit will be legally attached to you. Um, you also want to separate all business from personal and you want to monitor your credit. And I'll talk more about that on my next business tips as far as monitoring your credit and where to go. Yes, Garrett? I got a question. So uh -huh. what's the difference between business credit and personal credit? Because I keep hearing you talk about that. Yeah, so with your business credit, that's going to be, you know, with your Dunn's number, that's going to be just focusing on your business. So say if, you know, say if your personal credit, you have like a, I don't know, maybe a 600 credit score. With your business credit, but you started this business and you're, you know, you you have a net 30 account, you have your done number, you're paying everything back um, as you should. You have the business credit card. Go ahead. I got a question. So when I go to apply for the business credit card or whatever the case may be, which number do I use? The Dunn's number or do I use the EIN number? So that gets a little shaky, and I'll talk about that one on the next one because it's oh, okay. kind of it's going into depth with that. Um, it's a little, it's, I'll talk about that next time. Okay, um, all right, all right. I'll, I'll take notes for the next time. I mean, I, okay. I, think I think that's really important anyway. Whatever you don't do, don't use my number. Use my number, I might say shoot on the site. Trust me, <laughs> you don't want to use my number. Um, but guys, that's, that's it. That was really all of our topics. Um, I want to close Ooh, thank out. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that was long. <laughs> Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Again, like this video. Uh, how are you going to tell you what my job is? <laughs> like, like how do, so how does that work? Like, what? <laughs> Wait, you can, you, can, you can do the next one. Wait. So like, make sure you work? like like the you video. Like, You're going to hit that subscribe button. 
And when you subscribe, don't forget to hit that little bell button that's right on. I think it's right right next to the subscribe. Right. There you go. Hit that so you can know when we post a new podcast, which is probably going to be every Tuesday at 8, but it'll, it'll go on Friday. But anyways, hit like, subscribe, and make a comment. If you like this video, give a quick thumbs up or comment or whatever it is. Uh, oh, and before we leave, DeFrancis and Jesse, we need your phone numbers on if Metro Detroit wants their long cut, how they're going to contact you guys. My phone number is 586-229-9879. Jesse. Good Francis. 586 Oh, no. I don't know. Hold on. Call me. You ain't going to ask for I got it. It's cool. No, you know what? 586-420-0795. That's me. All right. I want to shout. I'll put it on the video and put it down in the um, comments below. I want to shout out some other black, some black-owned businesses also. You have the eight caller at eight. I know ain't the eight caller, and y'all support other black people that y'all can have. Y'all can interview them on. Absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead, shout them out. You know these people I'm personally friends with. Um, Unbridled Artistry. That's Anetta. Raw Talent. Sip Mobile Bartending Service, that's Delicia. Organic Honey Bee Bash, that's Delicia. And then, you know, y'all gonna be interviewing this person uh, soon, Innocent India, at yahoo.com. So, uh, let me see. What, is, what does India do? You just said you were gonna be interviewing her. She's an erotic no novelist. Oh, that's right. An erotic novelist, okay. She write, she write uh, you know, Sexy. Erotic books. Yeah, freaky books. Okay. <laughs> she got. She got. <laughs> you would say, "Well, you can't get. Through, I can't get through five pages." <laughs> All right, let's not share. She's gonna be here to talk about her own stuff. Um, but that's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk with Tanya.